Welcome to this edition of Head to Head. I'm your host, Cam McKinney, and this is episode number 183 of the podcast. And in this episode of the podcast, I'm talking about the Sacramento Kings firing head coach, Luke Walton, who in less than three full seasons with the team had a 68-93 and record, and Walton's combined record with the Kings and Lakers is 166-241. and That is not very good. Luke Walton never lived up to the hype that he gained after coaching the Golden State. Warriors where he was filling in for Steve Kerr. I mean, those expectations were never going to be reached, but Luke Walton is not a very good head coach. I mean, he's also the only coach in the last 10 years to have a losing record on a team that had LeBron James. That team did not have Anthony Davis, but that Lakers team did have Lonzo Ball and Julius Randle, who have gone on to have very good NBA careers. All that being said, Luke Walton was far from the biggest problem that the Sacramento Kings had. The Sacramento Kings have not made the playoffs since 2006. That's 15 years ago in a league where eight teams in the West gets in. That's almost impossible to go that long without a postseason appearance. The last year they made the postseason was the year 2006 was also the last year that the Kings had a record above 500. Their best since that year was two years ago when they won 39 games. That's not very good. Since they let head coach Rick Adelman go, who had a 395 and 229 record with the team and went to the postseason all eight years he was the coach, and in 2002 brought the Kings all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, in the 15 years since, the team has had eight different head coaches Eric Musselman, Reggie Theus, Paul Westfall, Michael Malone, Tyrone Corbin, George Carl, Dave Yeager and Luke Walton. This has been the franchise's biggest problem. They have no stability at the head coaching position. I'm not saying all these firings were not warranted, but some of them look really bad. I mean, Michael Malone has become one of the most respected coaches in the NBA. Two years ago, he brought the Denver Nuggets to the Western Conference Finals, and I also thought Dave Yeager did a very good job with the Kings. They won 39 games one of the seasons he coached there, and they looked like a young upcoming team. They looked exciting. They looked like they were going places. They were playing hard. It feels like ownership in the front office who run the Sacramento Kings have way too big of expectations. Every time they hire a new coach, they are not walking into a good basketball team. They are in a rebuild continuously for the last 15 years. So when a new coach comes in, you have to be patient. And that is the last thing this team has been. All of the coaches I mentioned, all eight coaches have have been given three years or less to turn around the Sacramento Kings. It's going to take longer than that to turn this team around. The teams that have consistent success in the NBA are the ones that have a stable person as the head coach. Remember all those years the Mavericks had Rick Carlisle. They ended up winning an NBA championship. Right now you have Quinn Schneider with the Utah Jazz. Those teams keep the same guy. Greg Popovich with the Spurs. You pick a guy, you stick with him, and then you will be rewarded awarded. You have to go more than three years before you give up on a head coach. If you're the Sacramento Kings, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again because it looks like you're blaming the head coach instead of looking in the mirror. The head coach has not been the problem. The problem has been how this organization has been run over the last 15 years. And their issues as a franchise have not been due to a lack of talent. During this time period, they've had Kevin Martin, who I thought was an elite 
score at one point. Tyreek Evans, who has a rookie, averaged 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. DeMarcus Cousins, who was one of the most talented bigs I've ever seen. Isaiah Thomas, who was undrafted and then became an elite scorer. Rajon Rondo, who I thought was a really good player his one year with the team. Bogdan Bogdanovich, who is playing well with the Hawks. And currently, they have Buddy Heald, who is one of the best three-point shooters in the league. And point guard De'Aaron Fox, who is a rising superstar in this team. Nobody knows the name De'Aaron Fox because he plays for the Sacramento Kings and they never play meaningful games. Think about this. In seven years with the Sacramento Kings, DeMarcus Cousins played for six head coaches. That's six different head coaches. I know we look back at the Boogie Cousins era of the Kings and we say maybe he didn't act appropriately, but this team did not do him any favors. He was never able to get a head coach that knew what to do with him. He wasn't given his version of Greg Popovich. I mean, Tim Duncan had Greg Popovich. It's not crazy to say that his career in Sacramento could have gone a lot better if they had one consistent figure who was the head coach. If they had stayed with Mike Malone, I think DeMarcus Cousins would have had a way better outcome in his time with the Sacramento Kings. I'm not saying they would have won an NBA championship, but maybe they could have gone to the postseason once or twice. That's not asking all that much. They also shouldn't have moved on from Isaiah Thomas, who had a much better career after he left the Kings with Phoenix and then Boston. I mean, with Boston, he almost averaged 30 points per game. It's like the Sacramento Kings didn't know what they had in their own players. That's mismanagement. Players don't get any better when they are in losing situations. I'm sorry. Tyreek Evans, again, that first season, like I said, he averaged 25-5. and He's not going to get a better player unless he starts winning basketball games, and the Sacramento Kings did not put him in the best situation to win basketball games. They did not put DeMarcus Cousins in the best situation to win basketball games, and they did not put Isaiah Thomas in the best situation to win basketball games. That's why they had all this talent, and it didn't go anywhere. And right now, they have two guys on their roster that any team in the NBA would want in Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox, and they're not a postseason team. And being on this bad team is definitely hurting their development and growth as basketball players. We also have to talk about how badly the Sacramento Kings have mismanaged their first round draft picks in the last decade and a half. Let's get right into it because it is laughable. In 2008, they drafted power forward Jason Thompson, 12th overall, ahead of Roy Hibbert, who became, for a short time period, one of the best defensive big men in the NBA. Ryan Anderson, who became a lethal three-point shooter. Serge Ibaka, who is an elite shot blocker and one of the best stretch bigs in the entire NBA. And Nicholas Batum, who is an excellent defensive player. In 2011, they took Jimmer Fredette. That's right, Jimmer Fredette. Remember that guy? The guy who was a college sensation because of how good of a three-point shooter he was? Well, they took that guy ahead of Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, Nikola Vucevic, Tobias Harris, and Jimmy Butler. That's two future Hall of Famers and three All-Stars on that list. Those are guys they missed out on in favor of Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer Fredette, Kawhi 
Kawhi Leonard is a two-time Finals MVP. Klay Thompson is a top five three-point shooter of all time, but the Sacramento Kings went ahead and picked Jimmer Fredette. Not to mention Jimmy Butler, who took the Miami Heat to the NBA Finals. Tobias Harris, who is having a good NBA career. I mean, he's really good on the 76ers. And then you have Vucevic, who is an all-star big man. In 2012, they drafted Thomas Robinson ahead of Dame Lillard and Andre Drummond. That's right, Dame Lillard, one of the best point guards in the entire NBA. A guy who is a surefire future Hall of Famer, one of the most clutch basketball players I've ever seen. And Andre Drummond, who is a walking double-double. But the Sacramento Kings picked Thomas Robinson. In 2013, the Kings picked Ben McLemore 6th overall ahead of CJ McCollum, Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Rudy Gobert. Yeah, you heard that right. The big one they missed out on was Giannis Antetokounmpo, but I don't think you can really blame them for that one because it felt like the entire NBA almost missed out on Giannis Antetokounmpo. What you can blame them for is missing out on CJ McCollum, Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder, and Rudy Gobert. Those were guys that everybody would have picked ahead of Ben McLemore, a guy who did not live up to the hype. Again, these are quality NBA players. Those guys are not star players. Only Giannis is a star. I mean, Rudy Gobert would have been nice to have on your basketball team. I mean, the guy's only a perennial defensive player of the year. I think being a team that drafts well isn't just about drafting the obvious superstar. I mean, the Kings have been good at that. They drafted DeMarcus Cousins. They drafted De'Aaron Fox. But look at the role players they've missed out on. C.J. McCollum, he's not a superstar player, but he's a nice star player. They've missed out on Steven Adams, who is a very good, versatile big man. And Dennis Schroeder can be a starting point guard. He can be the sixth man. I mean, that's another guy that this team should have considered drafting ahead of Thomas Robinson. 2014, the Kings took Nick Stauskas eighth overall. This guy is another guy just like Jimmer Fredette. In college, his three-point numbers are off the chart, and then when he gets to the NBA, he can't cut it. And they picked Nick Stauskas over Zach Levine and TJ Warren. Now, Zach Levine on his own is not a superstar player, but you see when he's on a good team with Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan, he is a capable star player. So if you had paired him with DeMarcus Cousins and let's say Isaiah Thomas, then you have a pretty nice basketball team. And TJ Warren is one of the most underrated scorers in the league. I mean, he puts up numbers whether he's with the Phoenix Suns or now with the Indiana Pacers. That guy can flat out ball. And another guy the Kings missed out on. 2015, they drafted Willie Cauley-Stein 6th ahead of Devin Booker. You know the guy who's a better version of Buddy Heald? Could you imagine that pairing of DeMarcus Cousins and Devin Booker? That would have been one of the best duos in the NBA. You know all Booker's done since is bring his team to the NBA Finals along with Chris Paul. Willie Cauley-Stein at best during his tenure with the Sacramento Kings was an average big man. And this might be the worst of them all. In 2018, they drafted Marvin Bagley second overall ahead of Luka Doncic and Trey Young. All Doncic does is carry his team to the postseason without star players around him. Sorry, Kristaps Porzingis. And all Trey Young has done is brought his team, the Atlanta Hawks, to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's right, the Atlanta Hawks, a team who we think of as the Sacramento Kings, as a second-class organization, he's brought that team to the Conference Finals. That same thing could have happened if the Sacramento Kings draft. 
drafted Trey Young. I don't mean to hammer home the point, but man, you gotta have at least one good draft. You can't all have bad drafts. I mean, teams always have at least one bad draft. A team is not always going to draft the right players, but this is a pattern, and this is the Sacramento Kings. They are not a free agent destination. They have to draft well. I mean, I go through this as a fan of the Boston Celtics. I know LeBron James and Kevin Durant are not going to walk in to the Boston Celtics, but you know at least what the Celtics did. They drafted well. They drafted Jason Tatum. They drafted Jalen Brown. They even drafted Marcus Smart. The Kings aren't even making those kind of picks. They're not even drafting role players correctly. They are not drafting guys who stick with the team. They are drafting a bunch of players that none of us really remember were on the Sacramento Kings. Jason Thompson, who remembers the name Jason Thompson, Jimmer Ferdet, Nick Stauskas, Thomas Robinson, the list goes on and on and on and on. They don't mean anything to even real basketball fans because they didn't do anything of significance in the NBA. I mean, look at it this way. If the Sacramento Kings had made one right turn and drafted any of those players I mentioned in those draft periods, Dame Lillard, Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, the list goes on and on. Trey Young, Luka Doncic, they could have churned around their entire fate of their organization and maybe they would have made the postseason since the year 2006 if they had made the right draft pick. Now I know what a lot of the counter argument will be. They'll say, Cam, if they had drafted those players, those guys would not have been very good as member of the Sacramento Kings. I think superstar players overcome bad coaching. DeMarcus Cousins was able to overcome bad coaching with the Sacramento Kings. He was still one of the best big men in the NBA, even when he was a member of the Sacramento Kings. So yeah, I think Dame Lillard would still have been one of the best point guards in the league, even if he were a member of the Sacramento Kings. These type of players that they draft cannot overcome bad coaching. Nick Stauskas cannot overcome bad coaching. Jimmer Fredette cannot overcome bad coaching. And Thomas Robinson cannot overcome bad coaching. And right now, Marvin Bagley Jr. cannot overcome the fact that he is getting bad coaching. I mean, how many bad coaches has Devin Booker had with the Phoenix Suns? He overcame bad coaching. It's these mediocre first-round draft picks that the Kings have made that can't overcome the bad coaching. De'Aaron Fox is overcoming bad coaching. Buddy Heald is overcoming bad coaching. It's these bad draft picks that can't overcome the fact that the Sacramento Kings cannot make a good coaching hire. I find one of the saddest things about the Sacramento Kings is they've been so bad for so long and no one cares on a national level because they don't matter. Remember, the Knicks have been so bad, but we all still care about the Knicks because they are a big time NBA franchise. They have Madison Square Garden. There are tons and tons of Knicks fans. The Sacramento Kings do not get that same type of love from the media. Nobody cares that they're this bad. Nobody is reporting how bad they've been since 2006. They only care when the coaching fires are made or when DeMarcus Cousins is traded or when something big happens. But in the seasons in between, nobody seems to care how bad the Sacramento Kings are right now. And this is a team in the early 2000s to about 2005 that was a very good team. They had Chris Webber, one of the best big men of all time. I know he's famous for the timeout, but man, this guy is a Hall of Fame level basketball player. Then they have Pedro Stojakovic, one of the best three-point shooters of all time. Mike Bibby, who is an underrated point guard. And Vlade Divac, who was a solid big man. This team went to the conference finals against the Lakers, and if it weren't for a clutch Rob 
Robert Ory shot, they might have won the entire thing. This franchise used to matter, but being this mediocre for this long makes it so they don't matter. The Kings need to admit to themselves that they are in a full rebuild mode. They need to hire the right guy and they need to start hitting on draft picks. Remember what happened to the Warriors before Steve Kerr? They brought in Mark Jackson and then they hit on a ton of draft picks. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Harrison Barnes, all those draft picks ended up leading to an NBA title. They ended up winning it all. I'm not saying that the Kings are destined for that, but you need to start drafting well so you can become a consistent NBA organization. You need to be able to make the NBA postseason. Do you know how embarrassing it is to go 15 years without not being a top 8 team in the Western Conference? They also need to look at a team like the Utah Jazz. I mean, you need to become that type of team because you're not a free agent destination. You're not going to be able to pay enough money for a superstar to walk into that situation. They need to build out the roster. I mean, right now they have De'Aaron Fox, they have Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes is on that roster. Get this team a full-on roster. They don't have it. They have some nice players, but they are not a team, and that is the problem. So again, this isn't going to be a quick fix. You need to hire the right head coach and stick with them, and you need to start making draft picks. We might be two or three years from the Sacramento Kings making it back to the postseason, but it's not an impossible task. I mean, come on. The Oklahoma City Thunder have been able to rebuild on the fly while sometimes occasionally making the postseason with Paul George and Russell Westbrook and with Chris Paul and Shea Gillisley-Alexander. So again, it is so insane that they have not been to the NBA postseason since 2006. I cannot state how embarrassing that is. Again, eight teams. All you need to do is probably win 45 games and you make the NBA playoffs. And the fact that they have best record since 2006, their wins is 39. 39 wins is pathetic. Again, as a fan of the Celtics, I kind of laugh at the Sacramento Kings because we think, oh, the Celtics should be making the NBA Finals. This team can't even make the NBA playoffs. Things need to drastically change for the Sacramento Kings. And right now, you should have no reason to think that that is going to happen because, again, it feels like they're just going to continue to blame the next head coach that comes in. He's always going to be the fall guy. It's never going to be the front office. It's never going to be ownership. It's always going to be the head coach. This is just going to be an endless cycle. At some point, they're going to lose De'Aaron Fox because he's going to be upset that he is on one of the worst teams in all of basketball. And unless you turn it around, he's going to want to want out and so is Buddy Heal. And then you'll have more young players who want nothing to do with your organization. DeMarcus Cousins does not look back at his time with the Kings fondly. Tyreek Evans does not look back at his time with the Kings fondly. It's time for you to make your young players want to be members of the Sacramento Kings. I'll end on this. Right now, the Sacramento Kings are tied with the LA Clippers for the longest streak with no postseason appearances. And if they end up missing the postseason this year, which will be most likely, they will break the tie and have the all-time record of 16 seasons in a row without making the NBA playoffs. If that doesn't make them want to turn things around, then I don't know what will. It's really sad that the Kings are this bad, and it's even sadder that nobody really cares because how irrelevant they've been. Remember, this team was dominant for a time period. They had Chris Webber. They were competing in the playoffs. They were fun to watch. I 
remember them. I remember when they mattered. And now they are a team that sometimes have talent, but routinely miss the NBA playoffs. They are far and away the most dysfunctional team in the NBA. Nobody talks about it because they're not the Knicks. They're not the Lakers. They are the Sacramento Kings, and they need to turn things around fast. Even the Minnesota Timberwolves have made the postseason since the last time the Kings did. That's embarrassing. Sacramento Kings, get your act together. Thanks for listening to this edition of Head to Head. I'm Cam McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday at Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>